When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 27, and we're recording on May 30th. I'm Jen Northington, and today, filling in for Sharifa, we have special guest Alex Axe, a.k.a. Alex Wells, who is a book riot contributor and the author of Hunger Makes the Wolf, Blood Binds the Pack, and Murder on the Titania and Other Steam-Powered Adventures. Welcome. Thanks. Hi. It's great to be here. <laughs> Um, our theme today is cozy and or calming reads, uh, which is a thing that we have, I think we've mentioned it before on the show, but we've never done a whole show dedicated to it. And I'm really excited, um, Alex, to have you on this show, both because you helped pick the theme and also because I just finished Hunger Makes the Wolf and it, it feels a little bit adjacent. Like, I think there's a little bit too much gore to count as a cozy, but it had some of those same, like, very characteristic family feels that I look for in cozy sci-fi so oh my gosh thanks <laughs> I, I was like I hope that's not I never know people sometimes don't like the word cozy so I don't think there's a problem with it because if nothing else considering the current um state of the world because I'm not cussing mm. um cozy reads are really nice because you sometimes just want to sit down with a book that's like oh maybe things are bad but but it'll be better and yay your found family has your back and you know other things that just make you feel happy and warm inside when everything outside is like you know psychically cold and covered with with dagger-like icicles. A hundred percent correct. Yes, I completely <laughs> agree. Well, good. So we'll have a good discussion about that. Um, and you are our first guest ever Ooh. on SFF. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us. I I'm super honored. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. I'm going to do our first sponsor before we dig into our news stories. Um, and our first sponsor is by an author who I am a fan of. It is Thick as Thieves by Megan Whalen Turner, um, published by Epic Reads. It is the latest standalone novel set in her New York Times bestselling world of The Queen's Thief, which is perfect for fans of Lee Bardugo, Marie Lu, Patrick Rothfuss, and George R. R. Martin. Uh, the, uh, the book follows Kamet, a second secretary and slave who has the ambition and the means to become one of the most powerful people in the empire. But then a whispered warning uh, makes the future he envisioned just disappear and he is forced onto a very different path. Uh, and this book is now out in paperback. And there are five novels in the world of The Queen's Thief. It's The Thief, The Queen of Atolia, The King of Atolia, A Conspiracy of Kings, and Now Thick as Thieves. And they are all praised by critics and fans alike. I've had the pleasure of seeing Megan Whalen Turner in person at some cons, and she's always a good time. Um, super interesting things to say. And the books are really fun, especially if you like that kind of medievally inspired or like, you know, mythologically inspired fantasy. So again, that is Thick as Thieves by Megan Will and Turner. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. 
Okay, let's see. So before we dive into the rest of the news, I do want to do a quick follow-up from the last show. Sharifa and I had been talking about the cancellation of The Expanse, and at the time that we recorded it, it had not yet been saved, although by the time the show went live, uh-huh. which is the problem when you record in advance, it had, in fact, been picked up by Amazon. Um, so we are including that in this show as well, although I did drop it in the show notes for the last show when I saw it happen. Um, but yeah, the Amazon has saved the expanse, which means now I can never watch it because <laughs> I'm not an Amazon fan. Are you watching this show, Alex? Um. So I really love the novels, or rather, I love the novels once I got past Leviathan Wakes, which that is like mm. a whole other discussion. But um, I only finally got to even watch any of The Expanse the last time I was in the UK, because it's actually on Netflix in the UK. Ah. And so everyone had been saying, oh, it's so good, it's so good, because I, I don't have cable TVs. And mm-hmm. so I took the shot, and and my uh, buddy Dan was watching it with me, and we marathoned a ton of episodes. And it was <laughs> super good, especially because Avasarala is in it from the beginning, like mm. she always should have been. But, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think... <sighs> I'm just hoping that they'll ha- they'll do the thing on Amazon where you can buy like the season pass, even if you're not like a prime member, because that I'll totally do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that for Into yeah. the Badlands. Oh, right. Oh, wait, is that an Amazon show? Oh, well, no, it's it's on AMC, I think. Mm-hmm. But okay. um, you can buy if if. So I, I watch everything through my Xbox, and so there's like an AMC app where you can watch the show as it's as it's being broadcast, so to speak. Though you know that's not quite the right word for cable, but it's only for free on the app for like 90 days, and then after that, you can basically buy a season pass from Amazon and watch stuff there. And I've done that with several different shows that are on cable, so I'm not. I see. I see. I watched the first season of Into Into the Badlands on Netflix. Ah. I'm pretty sure it was Netflix. I think the first two seasons are there, although I could be wrong. I I could imagine that the second season is there now that they've started on the third, I bet. Right, right. They usually do that staggered thing. Well, I've been told that The Expanse is available to get a season pass on iTunes, which I might do. I do. I do. I mean, I know it's like one giant conglomerate versus another, but Apple is not actively trying to put bookstores out of business. So I tend to give them more my money more readily. Mm -hmm. And they treat their U.S. employees better. So, I mean, not that I have a thing about labor or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I would never have guessed that. No, never. (laughs) Lie. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, fans can rejoice. The show is not going away, and I'm happy for everybody who's Yay. happy about that. So, yes, maybe someday I'll watch it. Um, all right, what news story would you like to dive into next? I mean, I feel like um, I have to mention first that the Nebula Awards have happened, so we have the winners. I don't know if you want to go through all the winners here, though. Thankfully, it's it's a lot fewer categories than like the Hugos. Um, right. So I'll, you know what? I'll just go through them really quick. So, uh, 2017 Nebula for no- novel is The Stone Sky by N.K. Jemison, which oh my god, that book is so good. And I mean, everything so was good, good. but uh, uh, novella was All Systems Red by Martha Wells, which is kind of unexpected but really cool. And actually, um, I will talk about these when we talk more about cozies. Uh, Novelette is A Human Stain by Kelly Robson. Short story was Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience TM by Rebecca Roanhorse. Um, the uh, a 
Ray Bradbury Award for Outstanding Dramatic Presentation went to Get Out, which is excellent. excellent. And then Andre Norton Award for Outstanding Young Adult Science Fiction or Fantasy Book went to The Art of Starving by Sam J. Miller. Now, how many of these have you read? Because I actually have read all of the book ones except for A Human Stain. Let's see. So I read pretty much all of the novels, all of the novellas. And then honestly, when when it starts getting shorter than novella, I I don't read a lot of short fiction. I'm ashamed to admit. Oh, well, let me rephrase. I've read most of the winners. I have not read all of the nominees. <laughs> nope. Although, well, although, no, that's not true. I have read all but one of the novel nominees, actually, which I was super proud of myself for. And I had read mm, two out of the two out of the novellas. Um, I'm a huge fan of J.Y. Yang and Sarah Gailey. So I had read those. Um, and then, yeah, Novelette, nope. But I did read Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience, TM, as part of a previous show. Some of you will remember that I talked about it and how good it was. Um, and I was really delighted to see that it won for a short story because she's got she's got um, some fantasy novels coming out later this year. And I'm super excited for them. Yeah, uh, Trail of Lightning. That's, mm-hmm, that's, that's right. the one. I'm really excited about that. Um, I mean, honestly, out of the Novelette, the only one I'd read was Small Changes Over Long Periods of Time, which... Um, is really by Cam Spara. And I mean, it's really, really good. It's got a lot of stuff in there about uh, gender and being trans. So I think that's why it kind of like hit me right in the, Mm -hmm. the heart, the heart meets. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, and, and then, yeah, I had read welcome to your authentic Indian experience TM and uh, fandom for robots. And I need to read clearly lettered in a mostly steady hand because I've been hearing so much about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I yeah, mean, Fran Wilde's all over everywhere these days. Mm. Well, she does and I, good stuff with language because I think she comes from a poetry background, I want to say. Ooh. So it's like, if you read her series, um, oh my God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. Uh, the, the series of novels that she wrote that's really good that, that I'm totally blanking out on. But that, like, is it there's. Horizon, one of them? Is that one? Yes. Maybe. Please ignore my type. I haven't read them. I apologize. We'll Google it. Yes, Horizon. I'm not wrong. Bone Universe. Yes, Updraft. Yes, Updraft. And yeah. And um, so those, like, there's this this real quality to her prose where she never overwrites anything. It's very, like, it's no space is wasted. It's very, ooh, it's chewy and good. And I recommend them. Nice. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, it was a great nominees list and I'm really excited for the winners. Um, oh, heck yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into, it. I'm, I usually do appreciate the, the nebulas and, and this is a very good year. So yes, big rounds of applause. I'm really pulling for Emerson to win the Hugo as well. I would just, I really need her to win for every book in the um, Broken Earth series. <laughs> I just need that to happen. She's so good. I know, they're so good. They're so good. Oh my God. I, I read most of um, this one on, on an airplane and it just wrecked me. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no escape and, and I'm not going to cry on an airplane. I cry <laughs> in my car like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> they are just heartbreaking in the best possible way. Yes. 
Well, while we're talking about awards, I want to cut real quick to the Nomo Awards, which are a thing that I discovered this year. I've had this on the agenda forever and we never get to it. So I just want to mention it really quickly here. Um, They are awards given by the African Speculative Fiction Society. And the nominees for this year's awards have been announced. There's a link in the show notes. Um, and they include uh, Nnedi Okorafor for Akata Warrior, Deji Olakotun for After the Flare, um, Tochi Onyebuchi for Beast Made of Night, all of which I read and loved. So- Sophia Samatar is in here, and I just am a huge fan of hers. Um, but one of the reasons I wanted to mention this is because we've been getting, I mean, a cross podcast a lot of requests for more Afrofuturism recommendations because of the, well, partly because of the success of Black Panther, honestly, um, which is great. Um, And I think that this is a super good place to start looking for more Black writers if that is a thing that you are interested in. Like, this is like a handmade, like, these people are all amazing. Like, you should read them uh, list for you. So if you are looking for more... African speculative fiction, which you all should be, because like I said, so many of these books are amazing. Um, This is a really, really good place to start. So we're going to leave a link to that in the show notes as well. I really need to read The Murders of Molly Southbourne. People keep raving to me about that one. I keep talking about it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very buzzy. Yeah. So we'll both give it a shot at some point. Indeed. One day. (laughs) In in my tea daring TBR stack. It's in there somewhere. (laughs) Uh, all right. What do you want to talk about next? Well, I mean, you know, since we've talked about happy things, I can't, I can't let it alone any longer. Um, the okay. whole Zack Snyder's next movie will be The Fountainhead. <laughs> I'm sorry. When I saw this come across Twitter, I just uttered like the ugliest hyena laugh that I ever have in my life. <laughs> And <sighs> I mean, it's mostly because if nothing else, I remember the crushing failure of the, the Atlas Shrugged movie attempts. So that's hilarious. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. Yeah, where, where they it was like a three part movie because I guess it kind of had to be. It's a long book. Well, <laughs> I mean, OK, so let me let me just I, I mentioned oh, this to Alex when we started recording. Yeah, I know. It's it is a confession. So I did go through an Ayn Rand phase when I was a teenager. I wrote my college entrance essay on I can't remember if it was the Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged, but it was one of the two. But I came out the other side and I have since super learned the error of my ways. I mean, the books, you know, they like if you are a creative person they have a lot of compelling moments where it's like creativity overall like that's the thing I think that so many people get stuck on but if you actually look at her like these are just vehicles for her objectivist philosophy which is super harmful and super not real world based in any way shape or form um Mm-hmm. is my take on it anyway. Um, and so, yeah, they are, I mean, that. A, a lot of people want to argue that they're just, like, good novels, and I would also fight you on that, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Um, I think they think they're okay novels if you want to, like, totally divorce them from the philosophy, but it's really hard to do that because that's why she wrote them. So, anyway, but yeah, Zack Snyder's apparently a fan. Um, and I mean, this should come as a, as a surprise. No. 
to no one. If you watched like the complete character assassination of the Kents in um, Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, because both of them have like this really weird objectivist moment where first Pa Kent and then Ma Kent and Batman versus Superman are basically like, you know, Clark, you don't owe anybody anything. And, you know, screw those kids that are going to drown in the school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, have- I mean, like, I, I mean, I would not tell anyone to actually watch Batman versus Superman if you didn't have to because it's a terrible movie. But there is this amazing moment where, like, Superman is having all of these, like, deep doubts and it's a dark moment for him. And he has, like, kind of talks to his mom. And I can't even remember if it's a dream or nothing because, I mean, most of this movie passed in an alcoholic haze because I was drinking to keep myself from running out of the theater. But, like, Ma Kent is just, like, you don't owe the world anything, Clark. You can just walk away from it. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. That's something. Yeah, I confess I have not watched any of the Justice League or Superman movies. Um, I think because you're smart. Well, you know, time is limited and DC has never been my favorite. Um, although I have seen a lot of Batman movies in my life. But yeah, a Batfleck was not to my taste. Let's just put it that way um that's fair yeah I don't I mean listen Zack Snyder I guess can do whatever he wants but I will super not be seeing this movie yeah same um what, what I loved is that uh Brooke Bolander who who wrote um the the only harmless great thing mm. I think that's the title of it but she was kind of ranting about this a little on Twitter and and immediately somebody had to like jump in and sort of be like no but at the end of the fountainhead the the guy is like building housing for low income people and that shows that objectivism is cool and and then my my housemate who was forced to read the book in high school was just like yeah and then he blows up all the houses because they don't fit his artistic vision yeah <laughs> it's just Howard Rourke is not a philanthropist. I think it is safe to say from any perspective that is a big no. Big no. Big no. So this is just hilarious on so many fronts. And I hope these movies do just as well as Atlas Shrugged did. Oh, zing. (laughs) Zing -zing. (laughs) Zing-a-zing. All right. Let's talk about another TV show that we have some rumors about. Let's talk about Lord of the Rings. Uh, there are, I, I double checked before we started recording, there has not been any further confirmation or denials, but the rumor is going around that Amazon's insanely expensive Lord of the Rings TV series will potentially follow young Aragorn, um, which I actually think makes perfect sense from a storyline POV because. Unless you are like a diehard Tolkien fan and have read all of the Silmarillion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's not a lot of familiarity with anything that's not related to the Lord of the Rings, right? And so if you want to get outside of that plot line, but you still want to keep the people who are not the diehard Tolkien fans, but have some passing familiarity just with the movies or perhaps the original trilogy, you, Aragorn makes perfect sense. He's like a character that people know. And and you don't know his backstory from the trilogy. So, like, it does make sense. I mean, I was rooting. I knew I was never going to get it. But, like, the adventures of young Galadriel would be way more yes. to my taste. Um, 
But nobody's going to make that, and so I'm not surprised that it could be Aragorn. I think it's a, I think it's a smart choice. What do you think? Um, I mean, I, I understand, like, from kind of the, the perspective of marketing and trying to, to aim mm-hmm. at the dollar, but, I mean, I would much rather have the adventures of young Galadriel as well, because they'd be a lot more interesting. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it's it's not necessarily the easiest sell anyway to just be like, oh, it's this character, you know, and now we're going to tell you their backstory or not even, or it's not like it's a hard sell, but the, the draw is saying, oh, it's Lord of the Rings. It's not being mm. like, oh, it's this particular character because I'm sure most people who aren't like, you know, reasonably into Lord of the Rings, you'd be like, oh, Aragorn, and they'd be like, I don't know which one was he. There were like 18 million people in those movies. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> and so like they could have kind of gone anywhere with it, I feel like, because they would have just been like, hey, it's Lord mm. of the Rings. There's like elves. You like elves. Everyone right. likes elves. Well, wasn't he raised by elves? I mean, there will yes. be elves. I mean, there one will be a lot it. of elves. I think it's just mostly I'm kind of going, eh, they're, oh boy, it's another like fantasy movie that is going to be like the hero's journey of a white guy. And mm. and I, I also feel like, I mean, at least if you went with the adventures of young Galadriel, she has such a, a long history that... You know, you could be like, here's just a chunk of it that is that is going to bring us up to nowhere near Lord of the Rings. So we still don't know what's going on. But I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when you kind of do the prequel thing focused on a character, it's like, well, yeah, but we already know that who he's going to be in love with and where he's going to end up and what his ultimate fate is. So it's kind of a a little harder to make that interesting, I guess, which is that's yeah. why I've been fantastically uninterested in seeing the solo <laughs> movie, to be honest. Oh, well, fair. I'm kind of with you on that. Um, that's interesting, though. You know, I remember when Baron and Luthien came out, I think it was either right before or right around the same time as Amazon announced that they were going to do a series. And I was like, oh, man, smart money would be to do the Baron and Luthien series because you'd pull in the hardcore nerds and you get to expand on the world and not have to do anything touch anything to do with the original movies Mm -hmm. which can be like a drawback right like if you have to stick too close to material that people are already familiar with then you're gonna have the people who are like oh you did it wrong or people who didn't like the originals that much and want something different like it's tricky Mm. so um so that was actually I was like oh that would be interesting but but I mean I don't know I guess Aragorn maybe not so much the smart choice seems like the easy choice perhaps the easy Uh, choice is how I would characterize it Because, I mean, it would also seem to be like, yeah, if you could, like, it's such a huge world. If you could just go somewhere entirely different with it, you'd be like, now we're just going to print if it takes off, which is then, you know, it's a bigger question. But then if it does take off, you can be like, now we can print our own money. (laughs) Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, they're going to need to to pay for it. I mean, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Jeff Bezos just really likes Aragorn. Oh, I'm sure he does. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right? Like, come on. Well, I mean, that's why the that's why Amazon saved the expanse, because he's a fan right, of it. Right, it's because Jeff Bezos likes it. Like I that's you know, he 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 truly does what he wants. <laughs> I mean um, it, is is it 
is it this it's like this weird thing where I'm simultaneously happy that the expanse is going to continue to get made and uncomfortable that we're basically dependent on the rims uh, on the whims of a super wealthy man. Um <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I'm super with you. I mean it's just the most depressing that this is how things you know Amazon also funds one of the only like well endowed translation uh literary prizes in 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 the oh, industry wow. um like yeah it, like uh, they occasionally do things with their money that are not terrible but then there's so much else that they do that is terrible that I'm just left kind of feeling like we're screwed either way. Yeah. Like I, it just, I just, you know, but anyway, okay. We don't need to make this the, the we hate Amazon show. Yeah. <laughs> we, it would be so easy to do, but we'll refrain. <laughs> cozies. Let's, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about cozies. <laughs> um, well, actually we are about at the time. So we'll, we'll just dive into that. Um, but before we do that, a uh, quick reminder that we are doing a bookstore gift card giveaway um, which means that the winner gets a $500 gift card to the bookstore of your choice. It could be Powell's. It could be The Strand. It could be The Indie down the street from you. It could be Barnes & Noble. It could also be Amazon. It could be whatever you want. We will buy you a $500 gift card if you are the winner, which uh, you could buy so many good books with that. Um, I really want to see the haul from whoever wins this thing because that is like a dream. So the giveaway is open now. It's at bookriot.com slash bookstore500 and it closes on June 21st. So you have a little time, but you don't want to forget. So head on over there, enter. And if you win, please to send us photos because um, I really I really do want to see what that haul looks like. Nice. All right. So let's see. Yes. So we're going to talk about cozies. And yeah, I think I think as we agreed at the top of the show, really what makes a cozy sci-fi or fantasy read is that you are left feeling good at the end of it. Like there's hope in the world. You maybe had a few laughs, like you got to know some characters and you're like, oh, everything might be okay in the future or now. Right. Like, is that a fair way to characterize it? Yeah, I feel like because I mean I know we're 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 drawing the word cozies from the mystery genre, which I'll admit I have not read nearly as much mystery as I should. But I'm gonna say I bet that because when I was reading mysteries, I read a lot of Sneaky Pie Brown and the Cat Who books, and I'm pretty sure those yes. count as cozies because they're about they cats. do. So it's like, yeah, they're sort of cute, and you know, the cat is never in serious danger. And yes, somebody gets murdered, but it's not like particularly horrific or terrible, you know. And then they solve a mystery, and you're like, oh, everything is right in the world, and I'm happy. And I read about a cat solving a mystery. Exactly. Exactly. I don't. I didn't pick any books with cats. Sadly, um, did I? No, I don't no, think I did. I don't think so. No. All right. Well, so why don't you give us your first uh, pick? All right. So my first pick for for science fiction um, is definitely a civil campaign by Lois McMaster Bujold, and it's kind of in a weird place. I, I guess a little bit because it's in the middle of a series. Um, but mm. it's, it's like basically, um, cause it's in her Vorkosigan series that are all about the, the trials and tribulations of Miles Vorkosigan and basically every, all, almost all of his problems he brings on himself, which is just kind of the best part of the series. Mm. But a civil campaign is like, it's, it's kind of a romance and it's a comedy of manners and, um, or I, I think it's even on the book as a comedy of biology and manners 
where there's like an, an entire sub subplot about these genetically engineered horrible looking bugs that like get set free in Miles's house by a biologist who's trying to be really helpful and isn't. <laughs> and and so I just love these. I, I love it. And I honestly like I love the entire Vorkosigan series. Like they are actually major comfort reads for me. And I have them as audiobooks actually, because the audiobook narrator, uh, Grover Garland, is really, really good. And I will just like listen to them when I, I just feel the need to be soothed or when I want to fall asleep. Not that they're boring, but you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they're just, and, and like so much of the series is also um, like Miles, as my friend, as one of my friends put it, becoming Space Nancy Drew. Yeah, so it's just like there's a problem and Miles is going to figure it out and he kind of goes on the, you know, a journey that sometimes has some danger in it. And, and and there is like some blood and violence in some of the other books, not so much in a civil campaign, but like the whole series I would recommend. But I, I don't know if a civil campaign could be read as standalone, maybe. But it's it's a lot funnier if you know just how much trouble Miles brings on himself constantly. <laughs> nice. I've still yeah. never read her, and I've been told so many times to read the Vorkosigan saga, and, and one day it'll happen. One day. <laughs> Do it. Oh, my God. Um, The only, like, the weird thing about them is that there's, like, two options for how you can read them. You can either read them in the order that she wrote them uh. or in internal chronological order, mm. which I think is honestly the better way, but occasionally you you, you run across a book and you're like... I can tell that this was written way later than all of the other ones. And I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know why she put this one here. Whatever. I'm just going to enjoy the journey. Right. Right. That is always a hazard with those books that end up jumping around, excuse me, in, Mm -hmm. uh, in chronology, like publication chronology versus internal chronology. It is, it is a danger. It is a danger. Yeah. All right. I think it's your turn. Indeed. Um, so I just want to give a nod to Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers because I don't think I had ever considered that there might be such a thing as cozy sci-fi before I read that book. And then suddenly it was all that any of us were talking about and like why we were talking about it. We we're like, well, it was just so fun and it made you feel so good. And like, it was so just delightful. And I was like, oh, this is this is what this is. This is a subgenre that has existed before Becky Chambers, but like I really didn't think about it until I read her. And honestly, I don't think anybody else said anything about it to me until then either. Mm. And and it may be that we're the only ones in my little internal world calling it cozy sci-fi, but I really do feel like um like Long Way to a Small Angry Planet is a perfect example of it. But I think many of our listeners have already read that. Um, And so I I wanted to pick something else. Uh, So I picked Provenance by Anne Leckie, which is in the same world as her Ancillary series, but is a standalone. So if you haven't read the Ancillary books, that is just fine. Although, you know, someday you might want to get on that. Um, but it, it is. It's a totally independent book. And it's like a heist in space and it's feuding siblings. And there's a lot of, you know, sort of there is like some politicking and alien, you know, ambassador gets murdered. Um, but it is so funny and so 
enjoyable in the way that it moves along. And I was just unprepared for how much I was going to laugh while reading this book. Um, And yeah, it's just, it's just a delight. Um, So Ingray, who is the main character, has been locked in this power struggle with her brother, um, both of whom are adopted by their mother. uh, For just as long as they've been alive, her mother is like a very high ranking official and has pitted her children against each other to compete to see like who's going to inherit the power in the title. And Ingrid like feels like it's a lost cause, like she's never going to beat her brother, but she like wants to give it one last stab. So on her planet, uh, artifacts and souvenirs are held in very high regard. And there's this sort of famous group of missing artifacts. And the person who is believed to have stolen them has been sent to prison, but never revealed where they were. So she decides she's going to break this person out of prison. And in exchange for breaking them out of prison, they will be so grateful that they will tell her where these artifacts are. And she will recover them and be hailed as a hero by everyone and finally like win this internal battle um, with her brother. And of course, that is not how anything goes at all the like plan falls apart almost immediately um people are not who they say they are Ingray is like a little bit hapless uh her plans are not super great or well thought (laughs) out um and like but it kind of doesn't matter because every step of the way things just kind of snowball in a way that you're like oh this is going to be terrible wait maybe it's going to be okay wait is it going to be terrible and like because I'm recommending it, you can know that everything actually does not turn out to be terrible. Um, There's even a scene where like, you know, the throwing of a shoe as like a defense mechanism is like what saves the day. It's just, just incredibly enjoyable. I loved this book so much. And Anne Leckie is so smart and she's doing all of these, you know, gender bending and political insights and what do we do with technology? Like all of that smart you know, thought provoking stuff is packed in here, but in this very like entertaining, enjoyable plot melded together. It's, it's a real feat. It's a really astonishing feat, this book, honestly. Um, and I just think it is perfect for this topic. So that again is provenance by Anne Leckie. Nice. I loved that book too. So good. It's so good. Is it okay if I pick another sci-fi one or do I need to switch to fantasy? (laughs) It is because, well, I I will allow you to pick one more. You have two, but pick one. But I'm hoping you pick the one that I've actually also read. So um, should I tell you which one I'm hoping you pick? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to jump in there and I'm going to say, um, weirdly, the, mur- the two murder bot novellas by Martha Wells. Okay. Which are, um, so this is another sci- science fiction one. It's uh, All Systems Red and... Oh God, what's the second one called? Why do I always have these moments? <laughs> um, artificial condition. That's the second one. And so these are weird because as you would consider from the, the main character being called Murderbot, there, there is occasionally a bit of murder. Not very much. Like there's a little bit of violence, but it's really de-emphasized in these no- novellas. And it's more about like, you're just in Murderbot's head dealing with the things that Murderbot is dealing with. And Murderbot is basically like a bio android that has social anxiety. So it spends a lot of its time being like, I'm just going to not talk to people and watch, you know, a soap opera. And, <laughs> and it's funny. And, you know, there's like, at some point, some humans are talking to Murderbot and Murderbot's like, I, the, I can't handle this level of embarrassment and just like turns around and faces the wall. 
<laughs> I can't look at you. And, and, you know, and then at the end, everything turns out all right. And um, an artificial condition Murderbot makes a friend that is amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I cannot recommend them both enough. And I mean, All Systems Red won the Nebula this year for Best Novella. Yes. So that is also a vote of confidence in them. So I would honestly count them as cozies just because they, they are that like very character focused and they're funny and they're fun and they feel light, but there's some really good stuff in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then I just want to give a quick shout out to the other book that you had picked, which is The Tea Master and the Detective yes. by Elliot de Bedard, who I adore. I love her books so much. And she was on an episode of Get Booked with us one time that we dedicated to science fiction and fantasy, and it was the best. Um, but that book, that novella is part of her Shuya universe, which is basically like if the Vietnamese had gotten to space first and built a space empire, um, plus they're like a little bit Sherlock Holmesy, plus there's like time travel and then like you know, all kinds of craziness um, going on. I really love those books a whole lot. Um, and I definitely think that, that you were right to, to mention them. So I'm going to mention oh, yeah. them for you. Um, well, I mean, so, as, as a fan of a major fan of Sherlock Holmes, I just loved that that little book so much because she just really captured Holmes. And I just love that Watson is basically, you know, a, a spaceship. Um, they're not AI cause they're like actual people that are like in the ships. I don't know. It's interesting guys, but, but like basically. The ship mines. I love the ship mines. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. cool. We, we squeezed that one in there too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're just squeezing all the books into this one. But yeah, everybody check out Elliot de Bedard's uh, Shuya Universe books. They're so good. Okay. I also have two fantasy books. I We usually only do one per genre, but you know what? I was having a hard time narrowing down this time and I feel okay about it. Um, the first one I have to mention is Howl's Moving yes. Castle by Diana Wynne-Jones because this is the book that every time I'm sick, or like I'm going through a really rough spot, or I just cannot bear to face the world, I like pick up my phone because I own it digitally and physically. Actually, I have a paperback somewhere in my apartment. Um, And I'm just like, let me read about Sophie because I just feel better when I'm done reading this book. Um, If you have not read it, I actually, it's funny. This is a book that I read in my either late 20s or early 30s for the first time. I somehow missed it as a younger person. But um, it was such a delight to find. So it's about Sophie, who's the youngest of three daughters and has like predetermined because she's familiar with fairy tales and folk tales and they're like relevant to her world that as the eldest daughter, any sort of quest or adventure she tries to go on, she will fail because that's how it always works. Um, So she just stays at home and she works in the hat shop and she's like, whatever, I'm fine. Um, But then one day she has an unfortunate encounter with a witch and finds herself under a curse that transforms her into a little old lady. And she figures, well, she, now I'll go have my adventure like what I mean I'm already gonna die of old age when I'm way too young to be transformed into an old lady so I might as well do this now um and she ends up uh becoming sort of the housekeeper for the wizard howl but actually the whole time she's there to stop him from stealing anybody's heart um and things unravel from there and there's a fire demon and a skull and a very hapless assistant and it's just the best oh it's It's just the best it's It's really really good there's it just makes me like I just talking about it makes me feel better um 
Yeah, I just think it's great. I did, I will say, I read a couple of the others in the series, and they were good, but they did not somehow have the magic for me that Howl's Moving Castle had. But um, yeah, if you just like want to escape from everything and like feel like there's love and magic in the world, Howl's Moving Castle is your nice. Name. And I totally agree with everything that you said. I just, I, I was actually going to put that down, and then you already had it. And I was like, fine, I'll figure out other books. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I would say my fantasy pick is definitely The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison. Um, when it came out, it got basically nominated for every major um, award in science fiction fantasy. Like it got nominated for Locus Award. It got nominated for the Nebula and the Hugo and the World Fantasy. I don't think it won any of them. But I mean, people mm-hmm. love this book. And the entire point of The Goblin Emperor is it, it's entirely focused on one character. It's, his name is Maya. And he is basically the 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 disfavored and ignored son of the emperor of the elf lands who had like, you know, one night with Maya's mom, who was a, a goblin, which is like there's like a lot of racial tension in there, and then was like, now I'm just gonna put you in exile because I just really don't like you. <laughs> and so Maya has lived all of his life in this sort of, you know, forgotten corner where he's his, he's got this uh, kind of abusive and awful guardian. And then um, while they're going to a funeral, his dad and all of his older brothers all get killed in, a, in basically a Zeppelin accident. And suddenly Maya is the emperor. And everyone is shocked and no one is particularly happy about this, including Maya. But... Um, from there on, it's basically just Maya learning, you know, how trying to learn all of the skills that he should have been taught through his entire life. And no one did because they were like, you're the youngest son and you're never going to be on the throne. And, you know, learning how to make friends and making alliances and dealing with tricky things and, and coming into his own as sort of like under the shadow of his really, you know, like he, he, did not like his dad and he doesn't want to be like him. So kind of becoming his own person. And it's just, it's another one of those books where, where I will just listen to it on audiobook when I want something that will make me happy. Cause um, mm. that, that audiobook is narrated by Kyle McCarley, I want to say, and he does really, really well with it. And it's just, it's so good. I have heard very good things about that one. Yeah, and, and the thing that really, like, wigs me out is there have been some people that were trying to claim that it's somehow, like, grimdark, and I'm, I'm just like, did we read the same novel? Because it's, <laughs> because the whole point of this novel is that Maya is just a really, really good person, and he doesn't let power change that. Which is, I think, the opposite of grimdark, if I've been paying attention. <laughs> right? So that I mean, yeah. I mean, if, if there is a thing that will make you feel happy about the world, it's that where you're just like, I'm going to watch a good person continue to be a good person despite all challenges. And gosh darn it, he's a good person. Oh, that's nice. All right. I do like that. So that's The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison. Um, I'm going to shout out real quick Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho because I also could not talk about this topic without mentioning it. Um, if you took a Regency romance novel with like a lot of like lingering glances and like, you know, like farcical situations and you smashed it up with Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. And then you made everybody like 
racially diverse, uh, you would get something like Sorcerer to the Crown. It is funny. It is smart. It is a comedy of manners. It is also about magic. There's a little bit of a romance. Like it has all of the good things. And it also, in the process of managing to deliver a wonderful story, manages to like turn all of the stodgy British fantasy tropes on their heads and just like explode that genre. It's amazing. It's such a good, it's such a great feat. I just, I mean, if you've listened to the show, you know we're obsessed with the book. Uh, if you've read the site, you know we're obsessed with it. And we will one day get a sequel. One day. I it's coming. <laughs> I think I think next year. I'm really hoping. Um, but I'm just dying for the sequel. But yeah, if, if you haven't already gotten on the Sorcerer to the Crown train and you want to feel good about life, you should definitely pick it up. Nice. It's so good. It's so good. So Sorcerer to the Crown by Gen- by Zen Show. And yeah. I, I need to read it too. And I've been hearing it's so good. And I just haven't yet. I haven't yet. Oh, you haven't read it yet. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm so excited for you though. Like I just feel so like, you know, people sometimes ask you if you could read a book over again, like which book would you pick? And this book is one on my list. Like for the first time, like if you could just like read it and have the experience of it over for the first time, I would absolutely do that. So I'm very jealous of you that you get to read it for the first time someday. See, that, that it will be worth it. So it sounds like Sorcerer to the Crown is is your the Goblin Emperor. So we're we're in a good place. <laughs> yes, that's right. We'll just trade favorites. <laughs> yes, yes, ideal. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, I think that is our show. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you have cozy picks or if you have a theme idea or if you have feelings about news stories that we talked about, please feel free to email us. It's sffyeah at bookriot.com. If you have a chance to review us on Apple Podcasts, please do. You can leave us a review or a rating. It helps other folks to find the show and we always appreciate the feedback. Um, you can find me online on Tumblr. It's jenirl.tumblr.com and Alex, where should people look for you? So the best place to find me online is on Twitter. I'm at Katsudonbury, like like the Japanese food. And then my um, my website is katsudon.net because that's just how it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll leave links in the show notes for that as well. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thank you again so much for joining us. It was great. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. And we'll talk to you all next time. Bye.